Farmers markets in the summer are my happy place. The sound of the accordion player, the smell of the fresh pierogies, walking down the lines of produce, it really is the best place in the world to be. Hey everyone, this is Maria. And this is Christina. We are two good friends and tiny housers with different lifestyles, but the same common goal to live wholesome, nutritious, and adventurous lives. Join us for this conversation we call Real Life. Hey everyone, it's just Christina because Maria is still on her honeymoon. Can you believe that, girl? I'm just kidding. Love you, Maria, and I hope you're doing well, and I can't wait to see you when you get back. So I wanted to jump on today and talk about some tips, insider tips for shopping the farmer's market. I am, of course, a farmer, but I'm also a big consumer. I love all the food, and I love all the fresh food that comes from farmer's markets. But there is a lot to take in, And um, if you go to a busy market, there's a lot of people and it's easy to overbuy, not get what you want and get distracted and eat all the pierogies, which is fine. (laughs) But if you want to stay on task, if you want to stay on budget and if you want to have some high quality, um, fresh produce that lasts you all week, uh, check in, check out these tips that I have for you. So I'm going to start with... Um, getting to the market. It's important to get there early if you want the variety. If you're a chef like me, you love to try new things like fiddleheads and lemon balm and I can't think of all the weird things that I've gotten in the past or grown. But um, it's important to get there early because the weird stuff, usually farmers only bring a couple things of because they don't know how it's going to sell and uh, it usually goes fast, especially if you're in a city. But if you go there late, don't have don't fret. You might have missed the cool weird stuff, but if you are there in the later part of the day, that's the time when you get the deals, especially if you're a canner, a preserver, you want to buy in quality and quantity and bulk. You um can get there right around closing time and scope out and if a farmer has a ton of carrots left, you can go over to the farmer and say how much for the whole box and usually they'll give it to you a lot cheaper than they would have at seven o'clock in the morning. Now, I'm not an advocate for gouging farmers, so please don't haggle too much with them. They worked hard to grow that produce, and it's worth the money. But if you're looking for a little bit of a discount, the end of the day is a good time to go. Speaking of going home, since we just started, this is important to keep in mind. Plan your farmer's market trip to be the last place you go when you run your errands. Especially in a day like today, we're trying to just go out once and be done with it. You want to go home right after the market because the produce has been there, sometimes in the heat of summer, not refrigerated, and um, it can go bad very fast. Don't leave the produce in the car and run errands um, while it's baking in the sun. (laughs) Head right home and store them properly as soon as you arrive. I'll get into storing a little bit later. But um, once you're once you're home, you want to keep everything out of sunlight. So if your kitchen's very sunny, find a shady spot. Um, now back to the farmers market and shopping. When you're selecting produce, it's important to ask questions and be an educated consumer. 
At our farmer's market, for example, in Buffalo, there's about 30% farmers, and then the rest are people that go to the auctions and they buy produce um, at a discount price. And those are the people you're going to get good deals from because they bought in a a bulk quantity and they're small business, so I'm not opposed to you supporting them. I buy our bananas and our non-local food from people like that all the time. But if you're looking for the freshest quality ingredients and you want to support local, you need to ask first and foremost, are you a farmer when you go to their stand? If they respond yes, the next line of question is if organic and spraying is important to you, are you certified organic? And if not, do you spray your produce? Or if we're talking about meat, you want to ask them, do you use antibiotics? And if you're looking for grass-fed, you want to ask, do you feed grain ever? People will use the term grass-fed or pastured to mean my cows were on grass at one point in time. With our farm, we're certified grass-fed, but people don't even understand what that means. So I often say our cows are fed no grain ever. That's exactly what you want to hear when you're you're shopping for grass-fed. No grain ever. Because even if a cow was fed grain as a calf, it's going to affect the quality of the meat. So back to the produce, if, they're, um, if they don't spray, the next line of question is, do you use genetically modified seed? Where do you get your seed from? And as a consumer, you can start to get familiar. A lot of people that shop at farmer's markets also have small gardens. So you know the brands like Johnny's, High Mowing, um, our local brands Fruition and Hawthorne Valley that are great seed producers. Ask where they get their seeds from as a farmer. If they say Johnny's, Johnny's has half genetically modified seeds and half organic. So if that's important to you, ask those questions. Don't be afraid. Farmers are used to getting these questions. Trust me. (laughs) I expect and I love when people ask where their food comes from because it gives me time to share my passion. I love to talk about why I grow what I grow, the varieties of fruit that I grow and vegetables, and why we do what we do because um, we're not farming to get rich. We're farming because we're super passionate about our lifestyle. So don't be afraid to ask the farmer questions. They might love to talk to you, but a side note of that is they might be very busy as well. So if they have a website or something that you can dive deeper into, they might direct you in that way and don't be offended at all. It's a great way to do your research and learn about the farm. So freshness is obviously a huge priority. When you're at the farmer's market, most of the time things are picked fresh that morning or the night before. However, I'm learning there's definitely a curve to farmers knowing how to keep their produce fresh on the way to the farmer's market. For example, I never knew that herbs needed to be kept in water. And so the first time I cut my beautiful herbs from my garden, I was so proud. I brought them to the farmer's market. They looked great at 7 a.m. And about 11, they all wilted. And I pulled them from the table because I couldn't sell them. I didn't. I was so embarrassed. And I was like, why do mine look wilted and other farmers don't? And I walked around and I asked a friend and they said, you have to keep delicate herbs in water. So if a farmer doesn't have herbs in water, they're not going to last as long in your refrigerator either because once they wilt, it's very hard to bring them back if at all possible, especially things like cilantro, uh, a flat leaf parsley. Those are all very hard to bring back and 
and it's just a downhill food's meant to decay. So anyway, look for farmers that are spraying their produce with water bottles, with misters. Look for farmers that have their herbs in water. You know those have been treated properly. And if they're chilled, it's a double bonus, but it's very hard to have a cooler at a farmer's market. So not that's not as likely. Cheaper is not always better when you're shopping. I'm learning that just from having our farm store, we've had farmers in the early spring months, because we don't have a high tunnel, bring vegetables in. And one of my farmers, he's great. His um, produce is always fresh. It always looks fantastic, but he is very expensive. And another farmer is very inexpensive. He's bringing things in like a dollar a bag and um, people love it because it's cheap, but it doesn't last more than a day. So I know when the consumer is buying it, it's not lasting long. So I've been talking to him about his practices and just like my herb story, he didn't know the way to properly treat the vegetables once they come out of the garden. So um, there's a learning curve and it's worth paying more to have that um, extra soaking or water bath or extra labor that the farmer is taking the time to do because oftentimes I think the product is more expensive when the farmer has more labor into it. So if the farmer's weeding more or because it's organic or the farmer is taking the extra care to douse greens in a cold water bath instead of just cutting them and putting them in the cooler, they're going to cost a little bit more because it was more of the farmer's time, but they're going to last twice as long. So cheaper is not always better. Back to storing, don't store fruits and vegetables together. Fruits give off high levels of ethylene gas, which ripens the fruit, causing them to change color, become softer and sweeter. But it can quickly spoil surrounding vegetables. So keep veggies in the crisper, fruit on the counter, but not in sunlight. That's typically my rule. Now I'm going to get into a couple popular um, items from the farmer's market that you would buy and how to store them. The first one is peaches because they're my absolute favorite. Peaches are in season around July um, and they're just, they're so fresh and so ripe, especially in the Buffalo area. Um, And I'll get into this too. Let me just segue really quick. (laughs) It's really important to know the season of vegetables because some I have unfortunately met some people that try to pass their farm stand off as coming right from their farm and it is from an auction. They're being deceitful. It's not common, but that's why these questions are important. And one way to be able to tell if they are a true farmer is if their products on their table are in season. So things like sweet corn are not ready or or winter squash like butternut are not ready until the end of summer, till August and September. So I went to the farmer's market in May this week and there was sweet corn out for sale and it said fresh picked on the sign. That was obviously not fresh picked anywhere near here and was probably from Mexico. So my segue for this episode is know what season you're in. In May and June, you have the early greens, spring onions, radishes, bok choy, farm fresh eggs, and meat, of course, are always in season. But then as we progress through the summer, you'll have hardier things like cauliflower and broccoli and early cabbage. 
new potatoes, garlic, fresh herbs. I'm looking at my garden as I'm trying to brainstorm what else is there. Then a little bit, if a farmer has a high tunnel, they'll have tomatoes in July, early July. If a farmer doesn't have a high tunnel, it'll be a little bit later towards August. Tomatoes will start to come on, eggplants, um, hardier things like peppers. Um, Those take a long time. You can look at seed packets if you're a gardener. The 55-day things like your brassicas, broccoli, cauliflower, cabbage, radish, lettuce, those are all the early stuff. Things that take 90 days will not be fresh in May because our growing season is basically from middle of April to the middle of September, October if we're lucky. So keep that in mind when you're shopping. Back to peaches. Peaches are so yummy. They're fresh up in the Buffalo area. They're fresh around the Finger Lakes. Where I am in Zone 4, I have not seen a peach tree. So at the Alfred Farmer's Market, we should not be seeing peaches at any time of the year unless somebody is driving more than an hour or two. It's best to pick out peaches that are on the firmer side unless they're being eaten that day. But if that's the case, leave them in a bowl or a basket on the kitchen counter away from sunlight to lengthen the life of the fruit. Um, or to lengthen the light of the fruit, store them in the refrigerator in a low moisture drawer, but only with other fruits. The refrigerator does not make the fruit more or less ripe. It just stops the process in time. Take the peaches out the night before eating. If they're too, if you want to quicken the softening process, store them in a paper bag in a cool, dark place, thereby trapping the ethylene gas. The paper bag trick is good for other fruits as well, such as avocados and plantains. So this rule of thumb kind of goes for all fruits, um, especially things like apples. And, and also, if you didn't know, you should keep apples away from bananas because they will turn brown overnight. Um, the bananas will, not the apples. The apples cause that. Um, so And then ways that I use my peaches, I eat them fresh. I put them in jam, in pies. We also make a peach barbecue sauce that is divine. Can you tell I have like kind of a thing for making things into barbecue sauce? (laughs) Tomatoes are my second favorite thing at the farmer's market. When you're looking for tomatoes, they're going to be around July and August. Um, You might have cherry tomatoes a little bit earlier or of course green tomatoes for frying in almond flour. When choosing tomatoes, you want to look for bruising, spotting, or soft spots on the skin. If there are signs of any of that, do not buy them. Look for vibrant colors among the rainbow assortment of tomatoes at the market. Touch is also a big indicator of a good tomato. The tomato should feel firm but still react to touch. Lastly, make sure the tomato smells like a tomato. If it smells funny or just not like a tomato, it may be a sign that it is going bad. Tomatoes have that, like, if you've ever smelled a tomato leaf or a stem, that's what the tomato should smell like. Um, But that smell disappears very quickly, and then they're not as ripe. I always buy my tomatoes a little bit on the firmer side because we want them to last. And usually if I'm buying tomatoes, I'm canning them, and it's going to take me a couple days to get to the big batch. Now, as far as the bruising goes, if you're canning I totally buy bruised tomatoes because you can get them at a discount. They don't affect the sauce. But if you're looking for a sandwich tomato, that's when you want the firm tomato. 
So summer squash, zucchini, all those other um, early squash, patty pan, that's what I'm getting to next. Those varieties are delicate and thin-skinned. They're not the thick butternut, uh, buttercup, Hubbard. Those those are going to come later in the season. But summer squash is like a June, July, um, sometimes even earlier, depending on the year. But this year, they'll be a little bit later. They have delicate and thin skin. So it's important to look for bruising and blemishes, just like everything else. Choose the firm squash as they'll soften very quickly and they tend the smaller tend to be sweeter. A lot of people prefer them when cooking. If you have a big family like me, I always go for the big because like chopping up a hundred tiny zucchinis is just not practical or good on the budget. So I, I even let mine grow a little bit bigger in the garden and I love to shred the bigger ones to make into zucchini bread Or um, if you've ever had like cheesy zucchini pancakes, those are the bomb. There's a ton of good recipes. When you're storing them, these are one of the few things you want to put in a plastic bag and then like kind of shrink it up to the vegetable to make sure all the air is removed. Tightly wrap the bag around the squash and then put it down in the bottom of the refrigerator because those will go bad fast because of the thin skin. Lastly... On to herbs. I love all the herbs. They are the earliest thing to come on and one of the last things to die in the garden. So they last all season long. Right now I'm going to be picking some oregano for our farm store and some lemon balm. Uh, I have fresh chives and all the good things. And, and this is also back to the water thing. You want to make sure the herbs are stored in water, even at your house. There's nothing better and more flavorful than fresh picked herbs at the farmer's market. Basil, dill, cilantro, sage, and thyme um, are just a nice later season herb. But keeping them to last over the week is kind of a challenge. Make sure the herbs are not wilted in any way before picking them at the farmer's market. Once you're home, pretend they're flowers. Cut off the ends and put them in a glass of water immediately. Then put the glass of herbs in the refrigerator, except for basil. Leave the glass of basil on the counter in the kitchen away from sunlight. The refrigerator, for some reason, spoils basil. I don't know if you've made this mistake before, but it turns it black and then slimy. It just is not good for basil. They like it to be just a moderate temperature. But um, things like cilantro, dill, sage, thyme, they last quite a while in the fridge. They don't need a ton of water. So um, those are my four veggies I wanted to focus on today. And lastly, I just want to say, have conversations with your farmers. They love to talk to you guys. Um, Ask them about the varieties. Why is this tomato just a little bit purple in color? What makes it that way? Um, Ask them their favorite way to store produce because I have heard so many great tips and tricks from farmers about keeping potatoes in paper bags Um, I just learned this year mushrooms are really good stored in paper bags in the crisper that they last a lot longer. There's so many cool tricks out there. And farmers are just really interesting to talk to. (laughs) At least I find that. Maybe it's because I'm a farmer. So I hope all these tricks really um, helped you think about your shopping list for the farmer's market. How to prepare. How to keep things lasting a lot longer. Uh, If you go to the farmer's market with a list, that's great, but don't be afraid to try a new thing. There's always fun things being grown. 
My new item in the garden this year are artichokes. I've heard it can't be done, but I'm going to try to prove everyone wrong. Wish me luck. I hope you have a great week, everyone, and have fun shopping at those markets as they start to open up. Remember to keep a safe distance. You can wear a mask if you'd like, but still go out there and support those local farmers because they need you and we need and you need them. Have a great week. If you want to read more about Maria while she's on her honeymoon, check out thrivinghealthnewyork.com. She's got a ton of great blog posts and recipes, and you can catch up on what was going on before the honeymoon. I can't wait to hear everything afterwards. We'll be doing a catch-up episode soon. Also, if you want to hear more from me, check out our website, sunnycovefarm.com, and all those following social media pages and things like that. Lastly, I want to ask you guys to like and subscribe to our podcast. It means so much to Maria and I. And when you like and subscribe, it just boosts up our accessibility so more people can get this information. Thank you so much, everyone. I hope you have a great week.